Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Good afternoon and welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Scott Watley. Glad to have Kevin Flesh in studio. It has been a little erratic with schedules over the last few months. So it is once again good to be back in studio. And Kevin Flesh is with us once again, Flesh and Beck Law, and also co-host here on the show. So Kevin, it's been an interesting, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks, I know. whatever. Yeah, I was in spring break a month ago. We were down in Florida and everything kind of you know took off and all of the stuff the quarantine and everything else happened had a really good time down near boca grand did some fishing down there and uh seems like a long time ago <laughs> doesn't the international sportsman's expo that we did in january yes. seem like a year ago it seems wow. unbelievably uh, a long time ago and then you know spring has sprung we had we had snow this week but uh we had really nice weather last week and fishing starting to to happen and and uh, i'm gonna, thinking about going out to jackson lake tomorrow see if what's going on out, out there um, since we we have to stay at home, we can you know drive a little bit. And <laughs> you do might some as well go to the lake. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, we're going to talk something about. We've I've seen a lot of posts and uh, I've gotten a few emails from different people that had hunts booked, and uh, because of this virus, different things got canceled and all. And so um, many were, hey, I can't get my money back. All that. So you know, if you found yourself in that situation and you've got any input or uh, concerns or call call in 303-477-5600. We're going to kind of talk about, you know, contracts with outfitters and, you know, what you should look for in an outfitter. And this is something that is, um, uh, as these times go through like this, and Kevin, here's the big thing with this. And, you know, we've all talked about this and uh, John, we asked John to hang with us a few minutes too. um, But it's just such an unknown we don't know how long this is going right. to go. Yeah, we don't. And for those that it really, they have their livelihood in situations that, like you were talking uh, the last hour, um, you know, what happens if Colorado shuts down all of the out-of-state licenses for the fall? I don't think that's going to happen, but it certainly could. And it puts people in a really difficult spot. So, you know, we go back to the agreement that they have with the outfitter and and everybody needs to know that the outfitters are, they have licenses just like in a lot of other industries and that they have to follow the rules relating to those things. But both the consumer and the outfitter have to be, you just have to be communicating right now because we are in a situation where it's going to be very interesting to see where mm-hmm. where all of this goes. Now, hopefully everything will blow over and, and uh, things will be better in July and August and that we won't have those restrictions. I'm certainly hopeful of that. But <laughs> in the event that it's not, then... People have to start thinking about that now, or, or like you were talking, uh, in the event that uh, you're laid off and, and you're not sure what your work uh, is going to be in the fall and you're concerned about that, you know, that extra expense for that trip and, and maybe that's not something that works in the budget, what do you do? And certainly you've got to start having conversations with those, those folks. Right. And John, I mean, Can you sell your, could, could you potentially fill your spot with somebody that you know might be able to take your spot? Would, a, think, would an outfitter allow that, you think? Oh, yeah. You know, and again, with the draw, it depends on kind of what season. Oh, that's true, too. Because you got to draw the yeah, tag. That's a good point. No. And got to have the points. Yeah. And so, right. and, and most, most hunters, I mean, most outfitters, I mean, some that we do, they'll do, you know, five rifle guys in the, or gals, yeah. I should say, too, um, you know, in first rifle, let's say. 
Well, I mean, that's five people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, and, you're right. And because the unit now, second rifle season's over the counter, so a little bit it's easier. It's still different than fishing. A fishing thing, you could sell your spot, right. not a problem. Yep. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. But, but, yeah, the hunting thing's a big difference. Mm -hmm. And and all of the outfitters, I don't know anyone that's not a small business. I right. mean, all of the oh, outfitters sure. that we've dealt with um, throughout the years, are, there there isn't a corporate outfit. Yeah, it's business. one of the few <laughs> things that's not done that way. No. Right. Actually. Yeah. I never really thought about it. Well, that. and... Primarily because the margins just aren't that great. Yeah, you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's and something you love to do. Right. Let's face it's, it. It's a lifestyle. There's not a ton of money there. No. That's right. Yeah. So, the you know, the, the outfitter, in most cases, will lease land yep. to hunt on. So they got to pay that. That's right. And, um, you know, and then they got to pay their the cook if you're staying in yep. a lodge, that kind of thing. Or, or But even if you're at a spike camp, you got to yeah. have That's people. Right. You've got to have staff to do that right. sort of thing. Yeah, horses. And, yep. and, you, and you feel responsible at, no matter what business, Kevin. You, you know, you feel Same responsible thing. for your staff. Yep. John feels responsible for his. So you want to take care of people. But I'm telling you, it's just like one, a loss of one big game season could spell the end for many outfitters. Yeah. You yeah. can't recoup from no. that. No, you're right. And I've, I've helped run hunting camps in the past and know the margins and things that Kevin's talking about and the logistics side oh. of the fence, you know, what it takes to get all of that, you know, going. And it's, it's a tight margin. There's a lot of even volunteer help at times to make those things function properly because you can't do it, you know, with a fully staffed, paid, you know, uh, uh, you, know you, can't, you can't pay everybody. No. Point. You, you do a lot of things with a volunteer family and right. friends and cousins and uncles and aunts and, you know, anybody you can, pre you can pretty much, you know, rope into coming in and doing something. That's what you do because yeah. there's just not a lot of money there to do it with. Right. Sure. And that's, that's the thing, too, is the experience that I've had in, in litig litigating these cases where there is a, a difference of opinion about what is expected of the trip. Um, it always comes down to the fact that the outfitter just doesn't have, they've got to be bonded, they've got to have insurance for liability and those sorts of things. But when you get past that, most of them don't have a whole lot. Right. They're, they're, they're getting deposits to make sure that they can sure. make the lease mm -hmm. payments so that uh, they, can, they can get those hunts put together in the fall. And mm -hmm. so um, the thing that I can say relating to all of these things, and I think it is a good time to really take a look at where exactly people are going and making sure that you're, comfortable with what's going on and that you understand what the outfitter is doing, but also it's a good time to have a conversation with them about what does the fall look like and what are your sort of alternative plans in the event that uh, things don't happen. I mean, we, I was supposed to be leaving uh, last night to do a trip down to the Galapagos Islands with my wife for 10 days. That ain't happening. No, and luckily, that, and you know what's funny is a month ago we were thinking, sure. oh, it'll be done by then. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll be okay. We'll yeah. go yeah. up until yeah. even three weeks ago, and now there's not. Now even, you're not sure not, you can go first of June. Well, we're putting it off until next year. Right. We, we're just rebooking it, but it's mm -hmm. it's yeah. those sorts of conversations and the the folks that we were dealing with, um, you know, a lot of the travel insurance and everything else. There's specific exclusions for these pandemic sort of things, and that's the other thing is that I mean most people can't get. Sure. insurance for an outfitter like this you know if you got an elk hunt that can't happen because of state regulation but um it's just i think it's one of those situations where we're just going to have to have conversations mm -hmm. i was just going to say so is this typical situation where you know you want to be proactive if you know now that hey i think i may not be able to do what i was planning right. on doing this next fall don't wait until August to right. have that conversation. You better be having it now, right? Yeah, absolutely. And give so that Not you give to the scare them, but no. to let them know what's going on. And it'll give the outfitter the opportunity to fill that spot, sell your spot, whatever. Or it'll give the outfitter the ability to say, "Hey, I'm you know, if they get a rash, they may not do their hunts." They may not. Fall. 
Right. So I think it's a conversation that everybody's got to have with each other and just touch base. It's strange to be touching base in April about a <laughs> September or October hunt. I think that's the reality that's, of it, though. Right. That's where we're at. But, you know, check it, just picking an outfitter, you know, International Sportsman's Expo, of course, is in January, and, and, I, and I've said this a million times, anybody can get a booth at any of these shows. They can show you any kind of pictures. They can yeah, do true. anything. So, you know, first of all, do your due diligence and check with people, testimonials, and not only people that say, oh, it was the greatest hunt, I killed the biggest elk, whatever, but people that weren't successful. How was that experience then of just hunting with them? And, and you didn't see an animal. And I've done hunts like that yeah. before. I never got to pull a trigger. Yeah. We all? <laughs> yeah. It's called hunting. Yeah. 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 And so, it ain't um, shooting, it's hunting. No doubt. And so, you know, get some testimonials like that. But uh, also, Kevin, from the legal standpoint, like you said, they, they should be licensed. And DORA, Department yes. of Regulatory Agency, is a place you can check. Yep. And uh, so we're just going to visit just a few minutes about some contract issues. And we'll look at it. There's, si there's two sides. I mean, you got the outfitter side. He's doing everything he can to protect himself, right. but you got to look at your side from the yeah. client. Well you got to protect yourself. Well, and the other thing that's really interesting that I, the last bit of litigation that I had between uh, an elk camp and the outfitter, um, there was a miscommunication about what what area they were actually. And it was a drop camp hunt, and it, the question was where they were going to be placed. And the individuals had used this outfitter before, but he had changed areas, and he didn't tell them about it. And they just assumed when they were signing um, the agreements that they were going to the same area that they had gone to three years earlier. And when they got to Colorado, they were coming from the Midwest. When they got there and the guy took them to a different spot, um, it's at that point that they have to make a decision whether they go in or not because they were expecting to go back to that same location that they had gone before, and now it's a completely different area. Mm -hmm. And with a drop camp, they didn't, it wasn't guided. It was just go in, you know, he had everything set up for a spike camp, but go in and then they 